This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Happy February. Hope your month is off to a great start. I'm super excited about this episode today. You're listening to episode 360, and my guest is Marta Pin Freitas. Marta is such a fun guest. You are going to love her. She is a two-time Olympian from Portugal. She trains here in the United States with the Brooks Beasts. She ran at Mississippi State, where she was an NCAA champion. She is a 1,500-meter specialist and has big dreams for meddling on the world stage. And you're going to hear all about her beginnings in running, how she got started, and what brought her to Mississippi State, and what she loves about training with the Brooks Beasts, and all sorts of things. She was just a joy to talk to. All right, friends, and this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Gooder. Gooder makes affordable, functional, and fashionable sunglasses that don't slip around and move when you're on the go, on the run. I have been loving the aviator style. I have a pair of the black aviators as well as the Amelia Earhart Ghosted Me aviators. They have really fun, exciting styles as well. If you're looking to jazz up your look on the run, they have so many fun, bright colors. The Electric Dynatopia Carnival OGs are amazing. I love that color. So fun. Um, And then the Breakfast Run to Tiffany's is, I think that's hands down my favorite. I pretty much, those are my go-tos. They are so sturdy. Uh, You all can save 15% when you go to gooder.com slash another. Use the code another15 and that will save you 15% off your order. All right, friends, if you enjoy this podcast, leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes or Spotify you will be entered to win a pair of Gooder Shades. Every month we're drawing a new winner. So if you leave a rating and review, you will be entered to win a pair of Gooder sunglasses. Make sure you send my assistant, Emma, emma at sandyboyproductions.com an email and we'll get you entered to win. We are drawing the January winner today. So um, at the end of every month, beginning of the next month, we will draw the winner from the month before. How fun is that? All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Marta. All right, well, today on I'll Have Another Podcast, we have Marta Pin Freitish on the show. Welcome to the show, Marta. Thank you for having me. Really excited to talk with you. You said you were all over, you were traveling time zones and whatnot. So you're at Albuquerque now at Altitude Camp? Yeah, I'm currently, this is my first week in Altitude Camp, but I flew in straight from Portugal. So I went home for Christmas. It has it has been like two years since I spent home with the family because of COVID. And in 2019, I didn't want to go home because I want to be very focused on 2020 Olympic Games. So yeah, it was nice to go back home and hang out with the family for a little bit, be a little normal. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, had you known it would be so long and the Olympics wouldn't happen for a whole nother year, maybe 2019, you would have got home, right? I know. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) It's so wild. Um, Okay, so you're with the team, the Brooks Beast team in Albuquerque. How many people are there you training with? So we are, I think we're 14 now because we just got a new teammate, Isaiah. He just joined us. Uh, it's, it's been like a week since we, I've been training with him. Okay. So that's really exciting. Uh, yeah. And I really like being here because so even bef- before I joined the beast, I, I did altitude camp and it was in Albuquerque. I never did any camp outside of Albuquerque. So I feel like I'm a local, even though I'm not from here. I spend so much time in altitude and in the same place. Uh, it's kind of cool because I feel like every time I come back, I just like think about like what it changed, how much I grew. And it's cool because like, it's a familiar place. It's always around the same times of the year. So it's always good to have like a reflection, uh, especially around this time when the season is about to start. OK. And so where is the home base of the Beast now? 
So we are based in Seattle, Washington. That's where we we live. Uh, I spend quite a few time, quite quite a few months in Lisbon too, just to prepare for my trials because I'm Portuguese and I do like the European circuit too. So I usually I was I spend like about four months in Seattle. Last year I spent four months in Seattle, three months in Europe, three months in Albuquerque, and the uh, the rest of it somewhere in the world <laughs> racing <laughs> so that's I live so in a cool. backpack <laughs> that's so so cool though I'm sure it's exhausting at times uh so I honestly I I really like it it's of course like right now I'm just like not I don't love like the thing that you move all the time but I love the purpose of it and I'm so fortunate because I feel like Like when I was in Portugal, I was able to see my family and connect with like my childhood friends because mm -hmm. in Portugal, uh, I feel like I have like all my friends and family, they're still in Lisbon, which is great. Uh, but then when I come to Albuquerque, I get to be like live my 100% running life and like reconnect with my American family, which is which are my teammates. And I just like, I don't know, I just feel like I'm very present. Like I know it's like not a great like lifestyle for somebody like that it's married like my husband he's been like great and sometimes he's able to travel but I love it and I feel like I think he's also great and he makes it work so like when I'm in Lisbon I'm like 100% and very excited to be in Lisbon when I'm Seattle I love being there because I have my cute little uh, houseboat and my cat in there so it makes me feel like really at home and then when I'm in camp I'm like 100% connected with running so I don't know it's just been like really good I've been really present and it hasn't been like super stressful like the always living in a backpack and figure it out where I'm gonna sleep but yeah it's just it's fun I I love it I think that's part of like um being at you know a track and field athlete like you just have to be very adaptable with COVID it also like was just extra challenging I ended up going home with a backpack for two weeks and I stayed there eight months because COVID happened uh but you know I was fortunate that I had all of this like running school that taught me how to adapt to all the t all type of circumstances and like you know get workouts and parking lots and you know just make the best out of it so I guess it's just a skill that every runner has, right? Like we just learn how to be adaptable and like enjoy uh, the moment. Oh, that's so great. I love that outlook. Okay, so you live in a houseboat when you're in Seattle? Yes. That's I, so cool. I love it. It's just really different. I feel like, so I've seen The Sleepless in Seattle. Have you ever seen the movie Sleepless oh, in yeah. Seattle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, a that's the neighborhood next to mine. So no. One So I can can you there or I have like a, I have like a floating bike so I can just like bike there to, to the water. It's really cool. So I get to really be a Seattle person. I live like in the middle of the city, but by the lake. So it's really unique because like you're just in this like cute little water neighborhoods. But at the same time, you have like hydroplane flying all over you and you have the city just a mile away but it feels like you're like in a little village while you're there it's really really unique you have like otters too like showing up and beavers eating your plants so it's very unique that is so <laughs> cool you know I've never been to Seattle so now you have to go So now I have to go you you are invited invited for tea time in yes. my house <laughs> yay on your houseboat oh that is like it sounds so dreamy Yeah, it's really cool. I love it. Like, especially, oh, okay, like in the winter, of course, like it's, Seattle is a little hard, especially for a Portuguese that it's used to like see the sun every day. Uh, so I'm really spoiled. I know, I know that. Um, but like just living by the water, it just brings me so much happiness. It's been like, it's really, really calming and nice. And I have this little cat, which is my passion. His name is Frankie. Mm. He's a, a one year Scottish fold and he loves living there too. So I don't know. Seattle for me, it's what it's home right now because it's where most of my stuff are is and where my husband is, where my cat is, where my team is. So I don't know, like I've been only there for like um, three years, but I feel like it's just like I love Lisbon so much. But Seattle really has my heart. It's a really special city, even though it's not sunny all the time. So <laughs> it must be a very special city. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. If you, if you still love it. Okay. Two more houseboat questions and then I swear I'll move on from the houseboat. Um, your husband lives there full time? Yes. Okay. When did you guys get married? 
So we got married in 2018. Okay. And then a week after, I flew to Seattle to visit the team. So that was my honeymoon. I flew to Seattle as my honeymoon. <laughs> so romantic. Um, okay, last houseboat question. What happens when it storms? Like, is it scary? No, it's not. So, like, the lake is very calm. So it's not like it's like it's it's, I live on Lake Union. So it's very chill. Uh, The only time I saw everybody in my neighborhood freaking out, but it's not my case because my house is just a one story house. Um, It's when it snowed. We had a really bad snow uh, fall last year. And like all the houses with two floors, they were like tilted. (laughs) And Uh, that was really funny. Yeah. (laughs) Not funny. Not funny. Like funny for me. Not funny for them. (laughs) but we have like some funny episodes. Like my my husband bikes to work, uh, and like one day I was just like he was just got home. He was was opening the door, and he just dropped the bike inside of the lake. But we don't <laughs> know. Like just the no- weird things that happen. Like you want to open the door of your house, and you just drop your bike in the lake. <laughs> so that was inconvenient. Uh, it was really funny because he really wanted to just dive in, but I was like, we have no idea how deep this is. So we actually hired divers. This is like so crazy. Like. <laughs> We hired divers to pick my husband's bike because he was also very emotionally attached to it. So oh, yeah. that's the type of things that you deal when you live in a houseboat. But oh, all fun things, though. so good. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we have so many places we could go with this interview, but I think we should start growing up in Portugal and how you got into running. Yeah. So... It's really funny because my family, my dad thought running wasn't for girls. So that was like something that he just had in his head. But I had, I, when I was in middle school, there was like a, a coach in that school that he was like super duper passionate about track and field. Like the type of coach that he's like stopping in a red light and he saw like a 15 year old that looked like is athletic and it gets out of the car. It's like, I'm going to change your life. Show up at practice at five <laughs> o'clock. So very charismatic and he's been like it's really good because he wasn't like uh, specific for distance but he just recruited so many kids and he did so much for like so many kids um and yeah I started um basically because like I just met I just had a lot of friends doing track and field I wanted to do I wanted to be like a technical I, I would love to be in a technical event like I really wanted to be a high jumper but I'm five foot and I was even shorter <laughs> back then so that didn't happen and then I really tried to be a sprinter because that's where like all my friends were doing and it seemed so much fun but yeah I ended up being a distance kid because that's you know like when you're not like super super duper talented at something if you try really hard at least you can be good at distance so that's <laughs> that was me uh, and it was just like really fun. Like I honestly, I we we played like basketball for warm ups, and it was, we just had like such a special bonding. And we, I still have such a special bonding with that group of people because I think that's what sports do. You just like connect with people uh, in such a deep level, and like we went through like this like struggles of like making teams, and like we had like this school um competition that he would just make like district regions nationals and internationals so like we actually when i was 13 my team for the first time ever was able to make the international meet so we went to malta which was like insane because you had i was like 13 and we we're in the plane going to a, floor, a different country to compete and i don't know it was just like very exciting and track was definitely like um, something very special and uh, even though it's an individual sport for me it was always about the team uh, especially like I mean when it all started because there was like this uh, huge like uh, incentive from like everybody to make this international team uh, in the school level which was really cool and yeah so like track and field started like that my dad as I said like initially he thought r- running wasn't for girls but he saw me racing once and he never he was just he just became the most supportive dad I ever seen uh, completely forgot and like eliminate that in his head and it was just like a very very big uh, part of my track and field career my dad I was really fortunate because my dad retired pretty early so he was able to spend like the last 10 years of his life just like really just following me around and just uh being being supportive like my dad wasn't my coach he was just like really a really good dad it was just like follow me everywhere so um that's kind of like 
two big things for me in track and field. So like meeting that coach and meeting this amazing group of people and like having like a very supportive dad. Uh, in Portugal, sports are a little different than here. So you don't have like an NCAA system or anything like that. You have the school system that goes basically from like middle school to middle of high school. But then you go straight to, to grad school. So it's always a little challenging when you're like in high school. Um, like my parents had to be like had to learn or to be very understanding of track and field because there is no incentive to go to college it actually just hurts my grades and um so that was a little challenging like but my parents were really, like really supportive and sometimes like are like those little things like now I look back that I'm just so thankful like my parents didn't have like contact with sports and they were like so welcoming and they were so supportive even though they just like they didn't know what that would look like but I don't know. It was just really cool. My dad always had this deep belief that I would become an Olympian, and which, which I feel it's so sweet, you know, like for every parent, their kids are like the best. And I feel like that's just like the best feeling ever, you know, even if they don't become all of those things, just like seeing how proud my dad was about like seeing me like winning regional and district and all that stuff. It just meant so much to me. Unfortunately, my dad uh, ended up passing away and he never really saw me becoming uh, a professional athlete, Olympian. He didn't even saw me like moving to the United States, but he was, uh, he played a huge role and it's kind of weird because I feel like he still does. It's kind of a, a weird thing to think about it because unfortunately he's not here, but he's so present in my journey. Um, yeah, and yeah, in like 20, 14 he passed away and actually I had a huge shift on my mindset then because I stopped like he passed away while I was racing and that was like very um um moving to me and just like of course he was just a huge shock because no one was expecting it was like um he had like a heart attack mm. and it just made me uh, like change completely my mindset instead of thinking like, Oh, one day I want to go to the Olympic games. I started like having this like self talk about, I want to go to the next Olympic games. And so I had this scholarships offers from like 2012, but I never really want to, I never really thought about coming to America because I was already in PT school and you looked so hard to do both things. I just didn't want to, you know, leave PT school in the middle but then I was just like, you know, I have like my entire life to become a PT and I I want to really go to the next Olympic Games, which is insane because I was like a 420 athlete and the time is like 406. Uh, and I had basically two years. So I just decided like I just just paused a second. And I was like, what what do I have available to me and what can I do to reach my goals? And I just thought about the scholarship. So like. I started communicating again with the people that were recruiting me. And then I was very lucky because I ended up like I did had no idea about NCAA system. So I could have gone like to a D1 school, D2, three school. I was just like really focused on like coaching. And I really connected with my college coach, which is Houston Franks uh, from Mississippi State. And yeah, in 2015, I January 2015, I joined um I joined the team and yeah, so that's kind of like how like tracks start becoming like this big thing because back till, till my dad passed away, it was just like college was really important. Track was important, but college like becoming a physio was like the most important thing. And, you know, sometimes you just need, sometimes some things happen in your life and you just realize that you're just following everyone's path and maybe that's not your path. And I feel like I was really young. I was 20 when that happened. But it was like a really good wake up call. And it just it just changed my life completely <laughs> for sure. Wow, that is such a cool story. Was your dad like originally when he thought running wasn't for girls? Was it a cultural thing, a generational thing? What do you think it was? It was just generational. I feel like my dad never like just never had contact with sports, never really seen like, of course, like we had like he's seen women in sports but you just never thought like his little girl would mm. be a runner yeah um but then it was funny because sometimes we think like our parents of course they educate us but we can educate our parents too yeah. and i brought i brought a lot home uh with sports not only like not only um 
like have being a female in sports, but also just like diversity and multiculturality and like so many other aspects. And it's just so interesting because like your parents can teach you so much and they can be great, but they also can learn so much from you. And I felt that was like very, a a really good experience for, for my family and for me too. Well, and I think that's just a really beautiful thing as a parent myself to hear because it's like we need to be open as parents to receive that and to to learn from our kids. That's really, really cool way to look at it. Hey, everybody, a quick break to thank ZocDoc for supporting this episode of the podcast. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you. And no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare, all the things that weren't working, and said enough. Then they made booking a great doctor surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can find doctors that are in your insurance network, putting you on the path to see the doctors who are right for you and not wasting any time figuring out who's in network and who's not. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed take your insurance and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com slash another and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash another ZocDoc.com slash another. All right, friends, back to my conversation with Marta. Okay, so Mississippi State. So you connected with the coach there. You went there. You became an NCAA champion, went to the Olympics for Portugal. What did that look like that first time you went to the Olympics while you were a student athlete? Like, how does that, how does the qualifying process and everything look like when you're running for Portugal, but you're here training in the United States? Yeah, so it's funny because when I joined uh, Mississippi State, I had no idea about NCAAs or SECs. I had no idea about it. And I remember like walking to my coach's office, like a 420 athlete. And it's like, okay, look, I'm here because I want to make Olympic team. And he was like, um (laughs) (laughs) we have some other goals here on this team yeah we have like some midterm goals here that we should accomplish you know I don't know if you heard about NCAAs and like SECs let's just start there and I mean it was just also like Houston was an incredible mentor and I think he's just like coaches I have such an important like job they're so like they're big role models for like kids young adults you know like I was trying to figure so many things out and Houston of course he was an incredible coach but he was just incredible like mentor too because he helped me to just to navigate into this no new country and this like new like track and field experience and I'm just like very grateful for you know for having like coaches like that people that dedicate their life uh, because they're really passionate about the sport because they're really passionate about helping kids and that's like something that I'm very grateful. I think Houston, more than a great coach, he's just a great person. And I've seen that through, like, I don't know, like, I qualify for nationals. And, like, there is a girl trying to break, like, 10, 20 on the 3K. And I want to talk to him because I want to celebrate it. And he's like, no, like, I'm focused on this girl path, too. This is really important, too, you know. And I, I love that. I feel like I was, so I was, like, in a very healthy environment. And I was just very fortunate with um, my choice of joining Mississippi State. Um, but yeah, so like the qualifying was weird, was, was a little tough as, as you could tell, cause I had to take like almost like, uh, like 14 seconds off, uh, my PR, uh, the first year we were able, uh, when I got, when I got here in 2015, I was hurt. So I had to have surgery, um, in February, but something very simple. So by April, I was already running. I remember SECs was my first race. I was eight, eight weeks after surgery, I was third then, and I qualified for first round of nationals. So I was very excited. And then I ran first round of nationals. I had a big PR. So, like, everything, like, I was, I couldn't believe that after, like, you know, a bad start, like, things were going so well. And then I got to nationals to the last, like, I qualified to the final. I was super excited. And, like, I'm with my teammate side by side. 
starting this race and I look at her, it's like, today is going to be a great day or a great day. There is no other mm. chance. And she won nationals, which was incredible. But I fell like 109 meters after the race started. So I broke my wrist. I was super heartbroken. It was just, it felt like so weird that I wasn't able to finish my race. I did finish the race, but it was just not in the race anymore. So that was like a huge motivation leading to 2016. But it just felt like 2016 had like so much, um, had, I had so much intention on making this team. But then all of a sudden I realized there's, you know, I also want to win nationals. And there was just so, so much on the table in 2016. And yeah, I just feel like, uh, in the beginning, it's funny because I set this goal about like, okay, so this is how it's going to go. So I'm going to make Worlds indoors and then I'm going to go win SECs, win Nationals, make make the Olympic standard and run my trials, qualify for the Olympic Games. And it was funny because indoors, I did not qualify for college Nationals. So I got a big slap on my face about <laughs> where you are and where you want to be. And I remember like my bones hurt. I was oh. just like ouch like <laughs> but it's it, it the other things ended up happening but it's just like sometimes things just like they're not like completely straightforward you know what I mean like you have to respect your body you have to respect like timings and um yeah I was very fortunate like I won nationals I had my hey Hayward feel revenge after falling the, the previous year and then the week after I run 406 in Barcelona and won my trials and it was really exciting. I was very happy to just kind of like go full circle about like my American experience. But I still think like, you know, even if none of those things had happened, like it was just like personally coming to the States and like being like knowing so much about the culture and also knowing so much about me and my culture was so important. And I'm just very happy. Sometimes like we take risks and we think that we're going to take risks and life is going to give us a hug and everything we want is going to happen. And it doesn't happen like that. Sometimes you just really fall, you break your wrist and you don't even make it to the final, the, the finish line. <laughs> but it's worth the journey. It's worth to try out. It's like you learn so much while you're like figuring it out. And I'm just like, of course, I'm like very happy that all of those thing good things happen. But even if they didn't happen, I just I grew so much. And it was such an incredible experience um, being a college student in the United States. So in 2015, that's pretty phenomenal that you had a shot at winning the national title and then your teammate actually won the title. Your team must have been solid. Yeah, so I was training with Rianne, and she was just like really, really, really talented. She 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 ran four oh nine in that in that um, in that race, and it was really cool too because of course, like training with her, uh, it was like huge. Mm -hmm. I just like I feel like I had so much progress because I had a teammate like her, and like we had other really good girls too, like on the steeple and. It was just like a really cool team uh, that we had there. We made nationals in 2015 for the first time um, uh, in cross country, which was like really, really exciting too. Um, do you love cross country or hate cross country or just kind of like whatever I do it because I'm a distance runner? I mean, cross country must seem really far for a 1500 meter runner. So the best thing about cross country is when it's done. Like, I <laughs> I never felt excited. Like, you know, some people are like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm like, I never <laughs> felt that way. First is in the morning. I hate mornings. <laughs> then it's cross country. It's just like, ah. But was it an expectation on, on the team that, and, and is that typical, an expectation on the team? If you're 1,500 or above distance, you're doing cross country? Or do some 1,500 meter runners not do cross country? I think some 1500 meters don't do cross country. I think like we had like, uh, but at a part of me, I want to be a part of it. Cause just like the team spirit was so fun. Like I really want to be uh, a part of the, you know, the cross country experience. And I'm, I'm really glad I did it. It was very unique. I only had one. Uh, I, w I was only eligible for one cross country season. So it was, it was really fun. <laughs> A national title, an NCAA title, and your first Olympic team in the same year. So I, I love what you said, though. Like, even if those things hadn't happened, the experience of everything that you went through that year would have still been a meaningful part of your story and where you are now. 
But like, do you feel like that was a pivotal moment in your career? It had to be, right? It's just crazy because I feel like when I think about, I think it was definitely like important just like to finish the cycle and especially like following the, the pre, like the year before, it was like kind of a way to like, oh, okay, I, I closed the cycle. But I don't know. I feel like I don't think about the win as like the most important thing on my career or like I think about like really the journey. It's kind of funny because like when I think about my college career, of course, like nas- winning national titles is one of uh, the most memorable times I had. But the other two was when my teammate broke 10 minutes on the steeplechase and when my other teammate that actually almost started as a walk-on was third on the 10K and SECs. And it's just like, I don't know, I feel like the team, the, the, being a part of the team was really special. And I was very happy and like grateful to be able to work with this group of people that I got to grow up with. Because I feel like sometimes you think you're so old when you're 20, but you don't know, know. anything. <laughs> Oh, it's wild. I know. I know. I think about that all the time. Even now I'm like uh, 38 and I think, what did I, I thought I was so old when I was 30 and now I think, you know, and then 10 years I'm going to look back and think, oh my gosh, you were still in your thirties. You know, like right now I'm mourning, like turning 40 already. And it's just, it's crazy how you think about time when you're in that present moment. It's also good what you're saying because it's like there is a way to live life as a student, you know, like there is so many stories out there. There is so much you can learn. And as long as you have your heart open to like listen to stories, like what do you do and interview people and like, you know, try different experiences. Like you're always learning. You're always evolving. Sometimes you look to yourself in the mirror and you're not the same person you were like, you know. A camp ago. That's what I think when I come to Albuquerque. It's like, wow, I'm like this camp. I'm just so much relaxed and like I'm enjoying running so much. Last camp, I was so anxious, you know, and just like interesting because like we we change. It's not only the, you know, the things around us, the people around us. We're always evolving. And I think it's really good to be a student in life, you know, just like learning, learning how to be more empathetic, learning how to be like more healthy every year with like little things and change the self-care and stuff like that. So, you know, sometimes I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I, I love myself a lot more with 28 than what I loved myself when I was 20, uh, 22. It's just like, it's nice. You just learn. You just like became like more calm and like more smooth. And uh, you're also able to experience things um, differently too. Yeah, I'm reading a book right now and the the book is about living a life of meaning. And one of the things the guy talks about is like a life in motion is a life of meaning. So like if we're constantly, if we're doing something in motion, whether that's like physically, emotionally, spiritually, that that brings purpose and meaning to our life. And I, I love that thought. And that's what, as you were saying that, I was like, yes, like a life in motion. Like, and sometimes that is learning and and, 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 um, like growing through hearing other people's stories and things like that. So, um, I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's actually true. Just like accepting that we're always changing and being open to that change. I think that life is more exciting because it feels like you just take some filters out, you put some filters in, and then you find out what is like the best like way to look at life and experience this time you have here. Oh my God, I feel like so spiritual right now. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, in the book too, he talks about like, because I'm always reading books to try to figure out what is the meaning? What do I really believe like spiritually? And in the book, he says, actually like, stop trying to read all those things and go do Go do, go live the life. That's where you find the meeting when you actually go do. And so, I mean, and that's what you're doing when you're returning back to these altitude camps. Uh, it's interesting what you said just made me think about like something that I learned last year. So like, I think about last year, like I started like very tense, very like an- anxious and like the Olympic games being here. Um, not really navigating still with COVID, not sure about like what's going to happen. Are they going to happen? I'm I'm not going to be able to race. I'm not going to be able to race. Um, So like I was here a year ago and I was like in a very different like uh, mental state and that just affects so much the way I was experiencing my journey. And then there was a time and this is, I'm going to say a saying that you, what you said just made me think about it. Like when I, I have a sports psych for like five years and it's been interesting because like with a sports psych, it's just not like 
it's like any injury, you know, like you don't like touch it and like it goes away. It takes time, you know, it takes time. You got to be open. You got to be honest. You got to hear, listen to your body and like, but you can see some progress, which is like really interesting. Um, but like when I got to the Olympic, close to the Olympic games and did my qualifier, I actually was very confused because I feel like, oh my God, like I feel like I had so much emotionally, emotional growth and like um, mental growth. But I'm not sure if that's because I'm feeling fit or if that's because I'm actually like if I actually grew. But I like leading to the Olympic Games, I was very focused on like I had this like challenge about like I like running sometimes is like a weird relationship. So I I really have to figure it out how to make this a uh, constructive, positive relationship. Because I felt sometimes like running is this guy that I sleep with, like my husband, not my husband, well, <laughs> that <laughs> it's miserable. Like we just like, we have a terrible relationship. But then we also like, we have mad love and it's incredible, but it's nothing stable. It's just, it seemed like a roller coaster of emotions with my relationship with running. And sometimes it was really destructive. Sometimes it was incredible and you would just feed my ego. And I was looking for a normal, neutral relationship with running. And I really told myself, like, leading to this Olympic Games, like, look, like, if this is not, if you're not going to go, if you're not going to go to this experience and, like, find this energy, like, I'm just going to quit running. Like, I don't want to keep doing this. Like, this is just, like, it's being a high-level athlete. It takes so much. And I put so much effort into this to feel like in to feel this emotional roller coaster. Like I don't want this in my life. And if this is something that I can handle, I should do something else. And that's what, what do you say? It made me think like, I think sometimes we're too focused on being over positive or, or negative. It's just like seeing the, the glass half full or half empty. Sometimes all we have to do is just drink whatever it's in the glass mm. and be present. Like, just like, don't have judgment, don't have that anxiety, just like be in the moment. And like, if like your best is like making, participating, be proud of it because you were present, you give your best, like you put so much effort into this, like live the moment, like you have this one shot to give it all. And then, you know, embrace it. Don't wonder what if, what it could have been or what if, like just accept the moment. And sometimes it's hard as track and field athletes because, you know, I've been doing track ever since I'm a kid and I associate my value for the longest times. Like the first big accomplishments I had was like with track. So deep down, I have this ego that it needs to be fed. But it's so important when we're able to separate our ego with our passion and just like be very present. And I don't know, I see like both of my Olympic experiences and like one, like, I was not even supposed to make the Olympic Games. Like, I just, I had to run 14 seconds faster and make so many moves in my career to make it. I, like, I look back to the girl that I was crying after not making a semifinal right now, and I want to slap her. I was like, <laughs> what? You're a brat. <laughs> you should be happy that you made it. And, like, the way I experienced this Olympic Games was just, like, so nice. Like, I wasn't nervous. Mm -hmm. I was just, like so present like I know like every movement I made on my race even though it's a tactical race just like a puzzle puzzle in movement and I'm like just very present very calm like I we don't deserve a per like a performance as you have to earn so you don't like you can go like sometimes athletes has this thing like oh my god I deserved it better it's like no like you earn what you earn but you deserve to be proud of your preparation. Yeah, you deserve to be proud of your preparation. That's for sure. Like that's not, no one can take that away from you, but you don't, you have to go and earn it. Like performances, they're not given. That's why there is three rounds. Everyone can make it. Everyone has to run the rounds. You have to be present and like fully enjoy. And like by the end of the day, I feel like I wanna, like when I win my first Olympic games, I wanted to make proud my 12 year old self. Mm. I wanted to make her really proud. But right now I wanna make proud my 40 year old self. I wanna make sure like I just like live my journey and I'm like, I have like this good moments and I connect with people and I connect with the moments. And I know this is how I'm gonna run fast. Like sometimes you think running fast is what's make, is gonna make you happy, but being happy is what's gonna make you run fast. And just like, just like building this relationship with running on the last year, it's been like so, um, so important to me. And like, I am like right now leading to my third Olympic cycle, uh, really hoping to make this third team 
And I never love running this much. I feel like a child going the first first day of school. Like I'm so excited to go to practice. And like I love running. I have these moments of gratitude when I'm like in workouts, like dying. And it's <laughs> just like nice. It feels good. Like I love my company and I like I love like this connection that I have with running, but I had to like separate my ego and stop thinking that I put so much effort into it and I miss so many things. I have to do it. No, like I have to earn it. You know, and I think that's that was like the really big growth for me, like spiritually and like uh, physically and mentally. And then like I was telling you that I thought like I had this mind shift because I was getting fit. But then I got hurt for mm. the first time ever and I wasn't miserable. And I felt like, oh, wait, like I actually like something mentally changed because I'm actually able to endure um, like this hard period way more gracefully and like, you know balanced way uh you know like I feel like emotions just don't hit me like a wrecking ball anymore I still have them but they're more like a ping pong ball you know what I mean they're there but they don't destroy everything around me um and with running and competing it's sometimes like um challenging to like you know be aware of yourself and like managing these emotions and make them like more like um contained you know like do you still accept them do you still have to live them like it's not like I don't want to be frustrated but like I just want to be able to operate and like have like this happy life inside and outside of running regardless of my performances hey everybody a quick break here to let you know that this podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network If you are interested in finding other shows that might be of interest to you, definitely check out our brand new website, sandyboyproductions.com. I personally host a second podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Where I talk to experts and everyday parents about all sorts of things. It's casual. I'm very candid about my own parenting struggles. And we have a lot of fun over there. My goal is that you walk away feeling supported and feeling like you've had the opportunity to sit on on a conversation that is helpful for you. And also maybe you'll get some laughs out of it as well. We've had some great guests over there recently, including the author of the book, 14 Talks Before Age 14, Michelle Eichard. Oh my goodness, that episode. If you're going to start anywhere, I think you should start there. It's a really good episode with solid sound information doesn't matter how old your kids are it's a great one to start with that's episode 67 over there on why is everyone yelling hey if you're not a parent and you're not interested in that sort of thing but you know someone who might be send them the show they might enjoy it um it's kind of my new baby you know i've been doing this podcast for five years now and and um why is everyone yelling it's it's a separate passion it's a different passion, but it's something I'm really enjoying. And I hope that more parents can feel some support and community from that show. Uh, All right, friends. Well, enjoy the rest of my conversation with the incredible Marta. Um, What was it about the Brooks Beasts and coach Danny Mackey that made you decide you wanted to work with them? So I I really liked my experience with my college coach. He did an amazing job and he will always be one of my mentors. But I was looking forward to have like a experience as a team, you know, and Danny seems to be a very skilled coach and I can confirm he is now because I've been trained by him and I've been enjoying a lot his training and his wisdom. Um, but I feel the value that the team can add. I just can't explain like like, I'm so lucky, and I know this is going to sound so cheesy to talk about my teammates, but, like, they're all incredible athletes, they're all incredible people, they're, like, so caring, and, like, we really want to, we want to succeed, but we want everybody to succeed. There is, like, I don't know, it's just, like, such a positive environment. Like, sometimes, like, I have these moments of gratitude that I was talking about, that's not only because I go to sports psych or stuff, it's just, I'm in a good environment. That's, like, 100% why I'm able to focus on, like, little other things because I'm in a very safe environment that I know I'm able to be who I am, you know, and sometimes a little crazy with workouts, too, but, like, I'm not judged, you know, but they help me in, I don't know, I just feel like I'm in this very safe environment that I'm able to grow and test some limits here and there and, like, learn 
uh, learn from them, like also share some, some of my energy with them too. And it just like makes the whole like, uh, process of being a professional athlete fun. I think that, you know, in a few years and we already have a few medals in the group, like, you know, let's say in 20 years, let's say probably none of us are going to be like running professionally, but I know we'll still have so much like good memories and care for each other for the moments we're spending right now. And I feel like that's, um, that's, that's really exciting. Like it's just nice to be able to share my passion with this group of people. And we also have Sarah and Dr. Kyle. So I don't know, it's just like, just really cool. Like we have a lot of resources, uh, Brooks as a company is an incredible company too. Like during COVID, they were like amazing. They like really tried to make sure like, we're like safe and we didn't like got any like financial instability or something like that which was incredible because everybody was freaking out like we're not competing so do I still have a job um so I don't know it's just like I'm just very happy right now because I feel like I'm like very aligned with the company values and I'm really like like uh the place that i work in um yeah so that's that's definitely like a big a big part about like being able to grow mentally is being in a safe safe environment and sometimes we don't even realize like we have this like microaggressions and they're like holding us back to like break through and just like develop new skills because you can think about other things when you're like always like getting this like microaggression here and there. And like, I think like I'm very fortunate because we really have something special going on in this group. Who are your like main training partners? Who's doing workouts with you? I've been training a lot with Ali. Um, Ali B has been my, my, my main partner lately. And I've been training with Carissa too. But I also jump in with Ali, with uh, Nia and Lori too for like some sprint stuff. But I've been training right now for like um, more like I'm doing more 3K, 1500 meter type of workouts. So my workouts have been lining up more with Ali, which has been um really nice because she is so good and perfect pacer i'm terrible she's incredible <laughs> sometimes she's like Marta, i'm pacing rep one two three four and five and there's only five reps. <laughs> <laughs> what's your what's your pacing issue do you go out too hard so i don't like to look to the watch and i just like go by effort so i tend to go a little bit too hard At the like beginning. usually yeah and maybe all the way till the end if i can make it so <laughs> Uh, I like, yeah, but I'm like, I'm getting slowly better, but not, not a great pacer. Not going to lie. <laughs> oh, okay. So tell the listeners why that's important. Like just because you can go that hard in workouts doesn't mean you should. Yeah. So like, you also want to take, like you want, sometimes you don't want to go all out on the workouts. Like you want to like go through the workout and feel like, okay, this is a seven out of 10. So like, you know, so you're just working different, like, uh, different types of different parts of your training. So it's nice sometimes like just to be under control, like hit the paces, be under control, get your cool down in, stretch it out, go home. You know, like not every day has to be a 10 out of 10 day. Um, and that's a major learning from coach Danny. Cause I was like a 10 out of 10 every day. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Cancel, cancel that version. <laughs> What's a workout that you would get to practice and you're like, Oh man, we got to do that. Like give us an example of something he'll give you. That's really hard. So for me till this point, it's been really hard doing tempos. Like I, this is actually, it's funny. Cause I also think it's a little bit related with my mental health. Like I, I had to take about like 10 weeks off running so just cross training, but I was like mentally way more stable and like I was able to cross train and get weight stuff. And then I came back and I thought like, okay, like Ali's going to crush me on tempos like she always, always been doing for the last three years. But actually, I feel like for the first time ever, I've been able to keep up with Ali, which is incredible. So sometimes like less is more, <laughs> which, which I so what I mean is like I run just the mileage wise, like half of the mileage I would have run last, like last fall, this fall in comparison to last fall. And I feel like I'm way more fit than I was last fall. Just, you know, sometimes just have to listen to your body, get the cross training in, like just minutes in, like, and you can really hold, hold on to some fitness. So 
Tempos are my nightmare. I hate tempos. <laughs> but I'm trying to, you know, get into the vulnerability zone, swim in it, and it's getting better. So, like, I'm not being massively dropped by Ali anymore. Let's say that. I can I can make it to the end. I can make an eight-mile tempo. I don't go for an eight-mile tempo and, and ends up being a five-mile tempo anymore. So, that's progress. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the hardest part of a tempo is just that like sustained effort for such a long period of time. And I imagine being someone who races such a short distance, an eight mile tempo run is so long. Your race is four minutes. I know it's long and it's painful. It's just like, <laughs> but it's not that like the 1500 meter pain, it just hits you in the heart. This one is just like, it's just like, they take small pieces of you, you know what I mean? Like, it's a it's a slow death. Not a good one. I like a quick death. I, yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that a lot of us can relate to, too, because a lot of us are out there doing tempo runs, a lot of marathon trainers and things like that. I Yeah, I think I struggle with tempo runs. Like, I can get through the first mile or two, and it's that middle section where it's just like, I am nowhere near the end but I know my body can keep doing this but I also have to mentally will it to do this do you have any tips for mentally willing ourselves to just keep ticking have a teammate like Allie that helps a lot if you have a you know all-time Allie next to you that definitely helps um but I don't know just like I I don't like to look to my watch all the time so I think like Mm. one thing that helps is like being in the effort so like Mm -hmm discuss with their coach and just make sure like you follow the effort. And of course, like after a few miles, it's going to start feeling harder. But if you don't want to, you know, like just respect the effort zone. And sometimes you can really feel really good on the last two miles and maybe you, you just negative split. Sometimes you just stay in the same pace. Sometimes you actually run a little slower. But just I think one thing that is really important is like thinking that as long as your heart is beating, your watch doesn't matter. Like your heart doesn't care what pace you're running. The effort is what it matters. So like you always like having some sort of adaptation to the exercise. And I think like sometimes when I'm doing things very like outside of my wheelhouse, I like to think about that, about like, you know, like I'm exercising, I feel the effort. And sometimes like, a lot of the times I wasn't really able to run the pace that Danny prescribed, but I'm still like, I'm still getting better. So like, don't freak out, <laughs> stay in the zone. Maybe you can run a faster last mile or, you know, maybe you just finish and, you know, you come back next session and you're definitely going to be stronger. But what are you training for right now? Like oh, your tempos and stuff. I'm not really, I'm not training for anything. I actually, I actually threw down not an eight mile tempo, just four miles at tempo pace on Monday, but it was literally only because I was just like fired up about Kira D'Amato and Sarah oh, Hall. No, that was so <laughs> exciting. It's, it's so inspiring and seeing them like just being so successful and breaking through like this preconceived ideas, you know, that women have like this time limit and, you know, having kids is definitely like whenever you stop, like, you know, going down on your career and they're just like breaking through all of this, uh, preconceived ideas. And I, I love, I love seeing this like, um, power, power women, uh, just like crushing it. Cause they also have been like so great for so long and just proving everybody that it's just like, yeah, I'm still here and we're not going anywhere, which so is incredible. Good. I wonder how many people listening went out and like crushed a run on Monday that they weren't even planning to crush just because they were so fired up about it. I know. (laughs) I mean, I literally, I was just like, I was just thinking about them and I was like, I'm just going to run faster and then I'm going to run a little bit faster. But I, um, I haven't like put any big training efforts in, in a really long time. But I know for me personally, Um, the mental game with those tempos is really difficult. And I love what you said. And I think that people really need to take that, write that down and like take it with them that like, as long as your heart is beating and you're putting the effort out, you are getting better. It doesn't matter if your paces weren't what you hoped you would hit that day. Like your effort and your time has, has been put in and remember that that's really good. Yeah. I also think like having that, like, of course, like, just being, like, acceptable of what your body can do. Like, sometimes you can actually, like, be really on pace and you feel like, oh, I can actually run faster. Or sometimes I'm ju- you're just, like, 
doing like what you can do and just having this feeling that my body is getting better. Like this is what my body needs. I think like, like the mental aspect also makes you absorb training better. So like when you really believe in what you're doing, you know, it's not like being lazy. One thing is being lazy. And I think all the runners know what I'm talking about. And another thing is like, well, I'm really struggling. Like this is supposed to be a tempo. It's not supposed to be, you know, a 10 out of 10 effort. It's supposed to be like an eight, a seven out of 10, like be in the effort and just like, you know, also have this like positive feedback on yourself about like, oh, I accomplished like this run after a day of work or about after mm-hmm. like a really hard week or after, you know, come out sick or after traveling or after whatever, just like give yourself that like positive feedback because I really think like your cells like who absorb it and you just feel more excited and you get like all of this like hormones about like, oh, I'm okay. You don't feel like that anxiety. They're like, oh my God, I just, you know, just wasted like an hour of my life. I didn't run the paces. That's just giving you like the opposite of what you need to recover and heal and get better. So I think it's, I believe it's really important to do that. One thing that my team does now, uh, we've been doing for a while is like after we do workouts, we just like, do like a little bit of breathing exercises just to like give some signals to our body that just to like wind down that we're okay, that it's time to chill and to eat and to sleep, sleep. And it actually like when I started, I was like, Oh, this is weird. But like from the beginning, you really feel this like relaxation and this like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm ready to, to eat a nap. <laughs> I need to do that before bedtime. Yeah. Like really, I get off my phone, stop scrolling and like, or watching terrible TV. Do you do breathing exercises before you go to bed at night? Uh, yeah. So what I do is like, I do some, I put like some really calm song music and it doesn't have to take more than two minutes to, cause like I'm very like energetic. So sometimes like a 30 minute meditation, that's not going to work out for me. That's why I've never (laughs) been good at yoga. I'm like, it's, I'm like thinking about all the things I want to (laughs) do. So, you know, just start like with two minutes and we do this nice, like, this is really easy. I'm going to teach you. So like, you just go like, you breathe four seconds in and then you hold one, two, three, four. This was not four seconds. I'm terrible. And then you hold for four seconds. One, two, three, four. And then you exhale for four seconds. You hold for four seconds and then all over again. And you do that like for two minutes, just like breathing four seconds in. Four, four, four. Yeah. And you're just like, and then in the end, I like to think about like two things that I'm grateful for. And it just like, it really helps me to just calm down because I am very like energetic. Uh-huh. And, like I always need like interaction and stuff. And it's important to like, even for like extroverts, like just to have like, you know, a calm down moment that you check in with your body. And when you're breathing, you can also feel like, oh, like my ribs are a little tight or my back is a little tight. You just like have this like two minutes. And you can just go longer just to check in with yourself before the day ends or if right, right when you wake up. I also like that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. I'm pretty extroverted myself. And um, I was walking to pick up my little two kids before this interview. I pick them up from school at one. And um, I was like, oh, I should. It's like a mile walk, about a mile. Like, oh, I should use this time to like call my old neighbor and like check in and call my sister. And then I'm like, no, you, you actually like, let's just like be, <laughs> let's just like, <laughs> let's just like walk. You can like literally walk for 20, 15, 20 minutes and like not interact with people and not do anything and not listen to a podcast <laughs> and just be in the world. And I really struggle with that. My word for the year is present. Like, I know that's like kind of corny at making up a word for the year, but I, I really am trying to be present and I think I struggle with it because I always want distractions. I always want to be doing something. So I'm trying to be intentional for these like even very short bursts of time where I just be. (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible. And I feel like that's everyone struggles with it. Like you have, if you think about it, there's only a few things that are really important for you. Like we can't have like 10 very important things, but then there's so much noise and there is so much places. You have so many places to be so many things to do. And you always could be do a to do list or Googling about where is the center of earth? Like there's always like so much and it's so important what you're doing. Like, just like, like even like, just if you take this walk is like, okay, this is walk time. I have my phone in my pocket. I'm just going to walk and walking actually is like a very good way to just like, it's like 
sometimes like movement, like what we were talking about is like very important way to meditate. Sometimes people think, okay, the way to meditate is just sit down, light a candle and do, um, no, you can walk and just like be like feeling your breathing and just like feeling how you're feeling and just like being the silence and just absorb, absorb, absorb like the environment around you. That's like, that's meditating too. That's like taking time for yourself. And I, I think there's like a lot of benefits for sure. Like, especially for sleeping and like, not like having this like short periods of time. It can be as much, um, as you, as you can, um, just for you, just to connect with you. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I love going on walks with my family, but anytime I'm by myself and I walk, I'm like, oh, I might as well run. And, (laughs) and so I'm like, I, I'm, as we're having this conversation, I'm like, you should really leave your phone at home. Don't bring your music. Don't bring your podcast and just literally do like a, like a one mile loop around your house once a day, like (laughs) walking, not running with nothing. And also I love the idea of that too, because if you don't have your phone and you don't have headphones in, it also opens you up to like saying hello to people that you might not normally talk to. Like I always wave and say hi to people. I never don't do that, but like you might have a conversation that like you never would have had because you don't have your headphones in, you know? That's true. It's good to be connected. Like we, we can connect through devices, but it's good to like feel like, oh my God, my, my feet are on the ground. Yeah. My breathing is on my chest. You know, I feel the energy of the sun on my face. Like just small little things that just helps you like to feel like grounded. I'm sorry. I sound like such a like a spiritual guru right no, now. And I'm I love really it. not. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I mean, in my, in my search for meaning, I'm like, you know, it's, it's, action I think that that's I think that that's the resounding theme is like rather uh, instead of like constantly trying to figure out figure out figure out what it is like that forward action whether that's going for that walk or you know I don't know figuring out what you actually want to do and taking action on it instead of like <laughs> constantly researching it <laughs> I need to move forward um okay well, I hate to wrap up, but it's time. Wh- what's going on for you this year? Like world championships or the summer? What What else are you focused on? Anything? So right now I am looking forward to race the 3K and Milrose okay. in t- less than two weeks, actually 10 days. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. 3K is uh, out of my comfort zone, but, you know, I've been able to keep up with tempos so i'm actually excited you know to see how this 3k is gonna work out the ultimate goal uh, for this indoor season will be qualifying the 3k and the 1500 meters for the uh, world indoors um that ha- will happen in serbia in the middle of march so that's the midterm goal and then of course like the big goal is uh making uh, a this uh, team in um, the world championships in Eugene in the summer and making a final. That's like, that's where I'm really focused on. And I've been thinking about that, like ever since I started the season, even though I started like in the bike and like doing hours and hours of physiotherapy and swimming. But I've just, I think it's also very important to have present your goals, even when you're not like necessarily doing what you want to do you're doing what you have to do to be able to you know then like run and work for those things so yeah these are my goals for the midterm goals and like long-term goals um yeah I would also love to like run a Portuguese record I'm only the I only have the record for the mile, so I would really like to try to get closer to the 1500-meter record, which is not an easy one. It's what is it? It's a 358, so not easy, but trying to get, like, uh, close to, like, the four flat under four-minute um, barrier. I feel like that's every 1500-meter, like, um, dream, so that's what I'm, like, working on and, you know, just... Being calm, being happy every day and keep having like this positive energy inside me for training and, you know, hopefully will lead me there. If not, I will still have a lot of fun though. Mm, I love that. What is your exact PR in the 15 right now? So I have 403. Okay. That's my PR. You'll do it. You'll do it. <laughs> well, and I, do you feel like these like world championship races, like do you rise to the occasion time-wise? 
It, it depends. Like sometimes like one hit could be like very fast. The other hit maybe is not is more tactical. I feel like women tend to run always like in an honest pace. So, mm, yeah. but hopefully I will have a few opportunities leading to the championships because I mean, when you go to a championship, the goal is like placing. It's yeah. like, you know, going for the medals. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's funny and fun about our sport. Like we have so many opportunities to be successful. You can run under four minutes in a high school meet if you want to, you know, like, uh, but then you have like this big, big meet meet. Um, uh, they're very prestigious. And of course, like you want to be at your best uh, when it comes uh, to it. Uh, okay. What's something professionally or personally you would like to do that you haven't done yet? I would like to win a global medal. That's like the like, that's why I'm still in the sport. I still believe I have I have that potential, and you know, just be in the chase for the medals. That's uh, that's my goal. What is the best most recent book you've read? Uh, the practice of groundness. Uh, oh. we actually read it as a book a book club uh, with a beast. I really liked it. Shout out to Brad Stolberg there. Yes. <laughs> Um, who is someone fun, motivating, or inspiring that you would like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? Oh, I don't know. I think Noam Chomsky is a very, it would be very interesting to have uh, coffee with. I, I think it's, I really like his books and I think it would be interesting. I would love to make him a few questions. <laughs> um, what is your last message to leave with our audience today? Oh, my last message, um... Um, I don't know, like just kind of following what we we were said we were saying, just like try to find like good filters to like experience the world, and maybe the filters you have it right now, it doesn't mean it's going to be the filters you'll have, you know, in the next in the next chapter of your life. But just like be a student in life, and just like you know, look forward to learn from like people, from experiences, and yeah, I think that's a really nice way to to grow and experience the world. Yay. Thank you so much, Marta. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Marta, for coming on the show. That was just such a wonderful conversation. I loved getting to know you and hope that hope that I can meet you in person sometime. If you all want to follow Marta, you should. She is Marta Penn. Fritas, F-R-E-I-T-A-S on Instagram. Uh, you can find me personally on Instagram. I'm LindsayHine66 over there. Uh, you can find Sandy Boy Productions. That's this podcast network that we're a part of, SandyBoyProductions.com. Little old podcast network that I started a couple years ago. We also have some other great shows in the network. Why is Everyone Yelling? Hosted by me, which is a parenting podcast for parents, I should say. The Illuminate Podcast, where we share amazing stories of people doing really cool work in the world. Some really inspiring people over there. And then we also have The Urban Pharmacy, which is a holistic nutrition and holistic living slash business mindset podcast over there with Stacey Heine. Uh, thanks for being here today, friends. Go grab yourself a pair of Gooder Shades, gooder.com slash another. Use the code another15 for 15% off. Uh, thanks for being here and uh, we will see you next Friday on I'll Have Another. Have a great weekend.